This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast that takes a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we preview the Bates football season with head coach Matt Coyne. Plus, meet new director of men's golf Sean Warren. And we chat with our Bobcats of the week, one of whom is Maria Femia from the undefeated and now number 15 nationally ranked Bates field hockey team. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The Bates football team opens its 2023 campaign this Saturday at 1 p.m. when the Bobcats host Wesleyan at Garcelon Field. The Bobcats bring in 39 first years for head coach Matt Coyne's second year at the helm, and he gives us a full preview of what fans can expect. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that, uh, you know, we knew we had to reload a little bit, um, but we have some great seniors and upperclassmen as leaders right now that are really mentoring those young uh, men in our program, and obviously, you know, when you graduate a lot of experience, there's going to be um, new people filling roles, not only first years, but, you know, upperclassmen as well that might not have played as much um, in the past. So, you know, for us, it was just, you know, having a strong leadership group, building a great culture, um, and then just competing. You know, we did that really well throughout all of preseason camp and, and sort of let the guys earn their spots. You know, I think that's the easiest way, and the kids appreciate that when it's uh, – you know, go earn what you get and, and try not to let anybody else take it from you. Great. And then, obviously, a guy who's not a first-year, he's a junior now and a captain also, Colton Bosley, returning at quarterback. A lot of touchdowns last year, a lot of interceptions also. So what's kind of your message about what he needs to work on maybe to take that next step? Because he obviously has a ton of uh, potential still. Yeah, I think we just have to clean it up a little bit. And, obviously, that comes with experience and growth. And um, we understand what he can do when he's firing on all cylinders. And, and if we can get him there, um, we know we have a really great quarterback. And I, and I think he's done a really good job in the offseason of just – understanding the mistakes, you know, um, but he's a kid that, you know, he wash, rinse, repeat, you know, when it happens, he, he goes out there and plays and that's one of his best attributes. Um, and now he has to take more of a leadership role where, you know, we do have a younger receiving core. Um, and now he has to, you know, you know, really take command of that and control that. Yeah, let's go into those receivers because last year, obviously, you had a very experienced group. Christian Oliveri was second team on NESCAC. You had a number of other guys who had played a lot of football for Bates. This year, you have a converted quarterback, a first year, and a converted basketball player, if you will, Andrew Sachs. Right? Tell me about this group of wide receivers. Um, I think they just really, you know, the offseason really was pivotal for them, and they worked their tails off, um, you know, starting with Drew Sachs. I mean, he's a kid that came out last year. We knew right away he was going to have potential. Um, he's worked really close with Coach Maiden and really – perfected his craft and and he's earned his spot and he's he's got a really good relationship with Colton so we like that um Sergio's you know one of the best athletes on on the field so he's twitchy he's fast he understands football and and, you know converting from quarterback to receiver isn't as uncommon as people think for some of those athletic um running quarterbacks because they understand coverage and routes and um you know how to get across the field um and then Maverick you know Maverick had a great camp and he's a kid that honestly like you know I wasn't expecting this, and it's great to see that. You know, his work ethic in the offseason was second to none, um, and he's just a kid that catches everything thrown his way. He's twitchy, and, you know, we feel really, uh, you know, confident about him going out there and playing. Yeah, so how does a quarterback, um, because you played quarterback, obviously, in college, how do you work when you have a new group of receivers? I mean, what are you telling, you know, Colton about how that can be done successfully, I guess? Yeah, I think it just starts, you know, holistically from, you know, our offensive scheme. You know, I think it starts with Coach Thompson and what he's trying to do, I think, you know, we do have some experience in the O-line, um, mm-hmm. and we feel, you know, pretty confident. And, you know, I know we'll talk about Ryan Linsky, number four, a running yeah. back. He's a very good player, um, and I think he's, uh, you know, somebody that can make a lot of things happen. So I think we have to just balance it out and, you know, create easy throws, create, um, 
you know, quick targets and, and get some rhythm going in the game. And then, you know, that'll open up everything else down the field. Um, you know, but we'll, you know, as we go through these positions, you'll see we're going to be, you know, using some of our guys some different ways and, and, you know, trying to get our best players the ball in space. Yeah, let's talk about the running back position because last year it was a lot of passing. There were some injuries at running back. Um, and you mentioned you touched on it the first year. Tell us about uh, Ryan Linsky, number four, uh, earning the start in the first game here. Yeah, so he's just a uh, you know, kid out of New Jersey that came up here. We were on, Honestly, we were looking at him on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and, you know, we saw his first day of running back. We were like, man, this kid's special. You know, he's got some attributes um, that we feel, you know, he's taken about four or five 80-yard touchdown runs in practice already. And, you know, he's got some speed to him. And, and you know, we feel really confident with catching the ball out of the backfield mm-hmm. as well. Um, so he's going to be somebody that, you know, we think has a very bright future. And we have a multitude of running backs in that room. Um, you know, Jack Morrell, Jamil, um, Xander Scavone and Adam Steinberg that you know that's a really deep room this year um and, and so we're going to feel that you know we're going to have some guys running through there you know throughout the game excellent and you mentioned the offensive line a little bit you have two very experienced tackles right I mean Colton Magistris is a senior captain Peterson Plissio a senior as well who they've both been really outstanding during their time they played a lot of football for the Bobcats so that's got to be nice to know that the, the edges are well protected yes and they've taken on a, a great leadership role um, obviously, you know, last year having three guys that were in their fifth year senior, um, so they were, you know, around them and sort of um, didn't have to be as vocal. And now, you know, they've sort of taken um, the interior guard to guard um, under their wing and created great relationships. I mean, we're starting two freshmen at center and guard, and, and Tyler Castriato, who's again another kid who took the offseason program seriously, and he came into camp and you know, really surprised us in a great way. And that's what you want to see throughout your program as you develop a culture, as you see these guys buy in. And, and it's, uh, you know, it's really nice to see him out there because he's got some experience of just playing football. Um, but definitely we need those older guys to, to, you know, get our young pups, you know, comfortable out there at center and guard. Yeah, so you do have a first-year center. Um, obviously, center um, is a very important role because they start with the ball. Um, so we, uh, what, what about him impressed you in terms of being ready for that spot? Uh, you know, Big John, you know, John Antola, he comes from a great program. You know, he's risen from Arizona. He came from the bowl school down in Florida. Um, and just, you know, you could tell he was coached by some good high school you know, coaches. He, he came in well prepared. He's got size at 6'1", 280. Um, for a first year, it's great, and it's and it's a good 280. Um, and, and, you know, so he worked all, all offseason at center. Um, you know, and then moving to, to right guard, Kevin McDonald. Um, he's a first year out of Marist, Georgia, another program that's, you know, a powerhouse down there. Um, well coached, athletic as can be. You know, his brother plays for Syracuse right now. Um, and he's 6'3", 255, and he has a frame that can be up to 290 by the time he leaves here. So, you know, for us, I think, you know, we got a little bit more athletic and a little more size in the interior, um, which was an improvement uh, for us. And, you know, we just feel like, hey, like, you know, at some point, you know, they won the job. It doesn't matter what year they are. You know, let them go out there and, and, and learn. You know, that's part of this growth of this program. Great. And offensively, also a place kicker, you have a first year, Marcos Ruiz. Because Archie Green Jr., obviously, still with the program, going to be the starting punter. But Ruiz has come in, it looks like he's uh, the real deal. <laughs> yeah. So, you, you know, we and, and, the, and those guys have been great. You know, Parker right now is dealing with a bit of an injury. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Parker would be our punter if he was healthy okay. today. Archie would be our kickoff guy, and Marcos would be our field goal guy. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's really good. Those guys have really bought into the competition. I mean, with kicking, it's pretty straightforward. We chart everything, we look at it, and it's right there for you. Um, so they all earned their each individual spots but all three can you know definitely push the others in those areas so you know with Marcos he's got a he's got a leg and he's got confidence um you know he's got a little bit of Bates tradition with his older brother playing here um Ramon you know who I was close with during my time at Wesleyan as a coach um so you know I'd like to see that and, and you know he's done great through camp at just blocking the noise out um 
you know, did an overtime period the other day, and he made, you know, a 43-yarder and a 39-yarder right down the middle with room to spare. So, you know, I just think he's got a good head on his shoulders. And, you know, Archie's been, been more the leader of that group as well, being a, being a senior. And, you know, he's done a really good job handling with competition. So I'm really proud of them. Great. So let's move to the defensive side of the ball a little bit. Let's start with your two first-year safeties, because this is interesting. I mean, Michael Spencer is from Texas, and then you have Jack Morrison as well. And, and the safety is obviously the last line of defense. So that's that's some definitely some responsibilities for the rookies, right? Yes, and uh, you know, right away they came in and they're they're different cats. You know, what I'm saying that they they understand football. They're they're well coached. They're competitive as all can be. Um, and you know, at some point, like I said, it's not about being a first year. They earn their spot. They're a starting college football player. Um, we understand, like you know, one of the toughest things that we can't coach is experience. Um, it's a learned trait, and you have to to work through that. And so you have to. You know, sometimes failure way to success and you learn from it and you grow. But these guys are football players and, you know, they, they've got a nice confidence about them that they showed right away that it doesn't matter for them. And, and for us, you know, they won the job evenly um, and fairly. So they're out there playing and, and, you know, I know they're going to make plays on Saturday. What kind of style do they bring to the table? Are they more like big-time run stoppers or do they like help out the defensive backs? They're just ball players, man. I think you know, uh, you know, Morrison's definitely a guy that likes to get 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 in there and yeah. get in the box. He likes to hit. Um, Spencer's the same way. You know, he's really good. Um, you know, one high safety. Um, they're both good cover guys. You know, they both have some speed to them. Um, I think we lacked a little bit of that last year, just overall speed in the secondary, um, and it allowed us to be able to move Jaron to corner where he's he's a very good player. Um, you know, quick as can be. Um, and it's nice to have Presley back, who's a sophomore as well. Like, we're extremely, you know, young back there, which is great because they're going to have a lot of time to play together and grow together. Um, so, you know, it's, it's great to see them out there, but we've definitely increased our overall speed in the secondary and at the second level as well. Well, I was going to say, Jaron Sato really showed off his athleticism last year with that interception against Colby, I remember, under the lights there in Waterville. And, um, you know, at the corner spot, um, he's got the number zero this year. Is there any significance to that? <laughs> no, he just, you know, I asked him if he wanted it, and he's, yeah. he's our agent zero down there. Yeah. And it was, it's pretty fun. I mean, Jaron's an unbelievable kid. You know, he's um, smart as can be, you know, you know, taking tests right now to go on um, into dental uh, work, you know, and he's, he's definitely a guy that takes his academics seriously, and he's taking on more of a leadership role as well. Um, you know, I think, you know, very proud of him just accepting the shift. You know, he's a safety, and all of a sudden we're saying, hey, like, let, we, we want to get you into corner here because we want to get these best 11 on the field. And he's like, let's do it. And yeah. so he's going to play our boundary corner, and that's usually a position that they, that gets attacked a bunch during the game. So, you know, we feel really good about that transition. He's the leader of that group with two puppies and, and one two-year-old puppy, you know, as a <laughs> sophomore. So it's uh, – but we're excited, man. Those guys are chomping at the bit, and, and they've been doing a heck of a job through preseason. You know, linebackers, it's tough to replace, a, you know, a Tony Hooks, a Thomas Formas, a, a George Hawkins. So uh, young guys, right, the linebacking core. Um, what are your main thoughts on what they've shown so far? Yeah, so, you know, starting in the middle, you know, Jackson Collins, you know, he's a guy that we moved back from 3-Tech, you know, and he was really fighting a war down there. He's, he's, a, he's an old-school Dick Buckus middle linebacker, mm-hmm. man. He loves to hit. He loves to pad up. Um, he's definitely a run filler, and he's used to that lifestyle inside the box from playing down on the first level. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, some, you know, you're not really trying to move people back, and when you can do that, you have a certain type of person. You're usually trying to move people down closer to the line of scrimmage. Um, but for him, it was a, a smooth transition. He really helped solidify the interior of our defense. Um, and then the two first years are going to be great players here. Um, you know, Eminem, Matthew Michael Acevedo, he's kid playing out our Sam Backer. He's 
He could play safety tomorrow. He could play corner tomorrow. He could play outside backer. He's very athletic. Um, he's going to grow and develop within the system. And, and he, but you're going to see a different type of speed from him. And Ryan Rose, it's the same way. You know, Ryan, you know, coming in at 5'11", about, you know, 210, 200, 210. I mean, as a first year, he's athletic as well. Um, so he'll play that will side, weak side backer. Um, and, you know, he's been doing a great job competing. And, again, they earned it, you know. And, and at times, you know, we dealt with a few injuries during camp. And when that happens, it's time for somebody to step up. And then, like we say, you don't want to ever let anybody take it back. Internal competition is great. And, you know, we're not looking at it as, you know, we see it. You know, obviously we understand we're a younger overall team, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You're, you're out there, you're a college football player, you're a starter, go out there and do your job, mm-hmm. you know. The defensive line, these are some familiar names for people yeah. who follow the Bobcats. I mean, we've seen Matthew Juno out there, Drew Krimhummer, uh Finn Duffy, Kyle Hamilton really emerged last year, I thought. Yes, and you know, I think the, the the off season program did pay dividends for them as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, all those guys, you know, Finn's obviously, you know, one of our better pass rushers along with Matthew Juno and you know, he's uh definitely gonna be, you know, working around at different spots, Juno, you know, so we we like him, you know, obviously he's one of our leaders and, and he's put a, a lot of work in the off season. Kyle Hamilton did as well to put a little bit more weight on and, and even Drew, you know, we call him the bear, you know, he, he's out there and, and he's moving extremely well. He's definitely taken the off season training the right way. And he came in much more athletic, um, you know, than we um, saw last year. So, so we're seeing that as well, but we're going to have a multitude of D linemen that can play, you know, Alex Zanino, Michael Cruz, Trenton mm-hmm. Bolts, a first year, Ryan Kimmel, a first year. So now we have some of that depth that we just did not have last year. Um, and we just weren't ready for. So playing, you know, that, Four down last year with about four or five D linemen is tough. You know, you're almost wearing yourself out. So we have some depth. We got about we feel comfortable with about eight to ten D linemen going into the game. You know, and that's something that we just didn't have last year. Yeah, I was going to ask. That was my next question, basically. I mean, like the defense last year, it seems like obviously in the second half because people had to play almost every down. It seems like you know wearing down was an issue, but it seems like you're starting to build that back up. Yeah. And it's you know it's going to take some time too. I mean, I think it's like you know obviously we have a big class in the first year and mm-hmm. like. Not everybody is is ready right away to go play, and, and you know, so you're still going to deal with some depth issues um, until you get multiple classes in the building. You know, and I think that's part of the growth and understanding the plan and the vision of this program and how to build for sustainable success is, is imperative. You know, and not trying to rush it. Um, we're going into coach to win every single game, and we feel confident with our matchups 100. Um, percent but we don't want it. We're just setting our goals. You know, we're trying to go step by step, day by day, and, and just building this thing the right way over time, so that it can last for a long time after we we start to win here. And speaking of you know, kind of long term, and the coaching staff returns most of the people from last year. You've got two new coaches on the staff this year. Tell us about them. Oh yeah, so we brought in Coach Waron um, as our DC. You know, highly recommended to me, and obviously, you know, working with him has been extremely. You know, I'm working on the defensive side of the ball um, this year, you know, with Coach A.B. Rip and, and Coach M.W. there. Mm-hmm. Um, he just brings a lot of energy, a lot of passion to it, you know, that, you know, I love that. I'm not saying that, you know, Coach Yergo took a job at a Division One school and had to right. move for family stuff, and that's all. And I supported that 100%. So, you know, but bringing him in really, you know, rejuvenated it um, and solidified it, and I think we've got a really good chemistry on the defense side of the ball. And then Coach Kadeem Edge, you know, coming to us, he was actually a teammate of uh, Coach Alfonso Balnavis at Husson. Um, he's a trainer up in Maine, um, and, you know, Coach Hersham got a head job in, in high school, so he, he took that job, and, you know, for us, I, Kadeem was the right choice. You know, I saw him working at a camp, and I just talked with him about if he wanted to get into college ball and start to coach, um, and so he's come in, and he's done a heck of a job. Um, he's coaching our running backs this year um, and, and really relating with the kids, but, 
the retention of the staff was was important to me, and we did a really good job with that. You know, we didn't lose any guys for lateral moves or anything that was, you know, um, you know, not for just a better situation for their families, and that's what this profession has. And naturally, over time, you do have that. Um, and I think especially when we, we get this thing rolling, it's going to be a little harder to keep them around. You know, that's that's part of the process, though. So. Yeah, and uh, this year we go once again open against Wesley, and this time at Garcelon Field on the new turf, by the way. How's the new turf playing in practice? Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's you know, the school and everybody that helped fund that thing, it's, it's a huge um, advantage for us, obviously, uh, helping our kids stay healthier, you know, over time. And, you know, it's just a nice optically, too, as well, just pops. You know, we did a really good job with that, so thank all the administration and those people for that. And then, yeah, we got Wesleyan coming up, and, you know, Wesleyan was – we went down there, and I thought we, we played – really hard and got worn out last year and they had a, a pretty experienced team and they returned another experienced team they lost some guys that were impact players but you know i know uh you know danny down there and i know what they do and they run a, a really well-run program and they're always you know putting players back in play that are just you know still dynamic so it's like you're not sitting there and underestimating them got nothing but respect for them um but we want to compete and, and we want and we feel like you know we like our matchups and we'll find out on saturday and you know i think the biggest thing is just it's going to be a whole new team walking out there. It's just exciting. You know, I'm excited to see those guys go play. And obviously they're going to have their butterflies because if you don't have those, you're not human. You know, I'll have them as well. But once they're out there, it's, you know, go play. You know, that's why you came here. And I'm excited to see these these guys go out there and just, you know, run around. For you personally, because you spent so many years with Wesley, and yeah. I'm sure last year was very strange. Is this year going to be like, okay, more normal than another football game? Yeah, <laughs> and, I, and I still, you know, until I think it always is like until the people that you had recruited yeah. or worked with have moved out of there, then it becomes a little bit more natural. Um, you know, Danny down there is one of my best friends, uh, helped me throughout my path. Um, you know, and I, and I have a lot of investment of time there, but now I'm on Bates, you know, and this is my team. We're trying to beat Wesleyan, um, just as I know they're trying to come up here and beat us. Um, you know, so once we get in the game, it's, it's about my guys, my family, my team here, uh, our staff folks on what we can do and understanding that we're going up against a good test right away. Um, and we'll see where we're at and, and we'll go out there and compete. Great. Well, any other thoughts you want to share about your team we haven't got to talk about yet? No, I think just reiterating that I think, you know, the buy-in from the team, you know, in this stage of, of where we're at um, in our program has been unbelievable. I think those guys have, they're given everything. There is a change in the culture. Um, it obviously takes time to solidify that. And, and that's really the biggest investment right now. You know, for us, I think our team is ready. We're locked in um, and we're going to just continue to compete every single day. And, and, you know, we feel like, you know, if we put our best effort out there and, and do our jobs that we can compete with most teams. All right, coach. Thanks so much. Awesome. Thank you. The Bates field hockey team had a tremendous opening week, defeating Southern Maine, Thomas, and arch-rival Bowden by a combined score of 22-2. For that start to the season, Bates moved from number 22 to number 15 in the national rankings. Junior Maria Femia played a big part in the team's success, scoring five goals, including two against Bowden on Saturday. Femia was named NESCAC Field Hockey Player of the Week, and she is our female Bobcat of the Week. Well, Maria, first of all, before we start talking about the outstanding week for the Bobcats, tell me a little bit about when you were in high school, what made Bates the place for you coming to college? My recruiting process was probably a little bit unorthodox because I went through junior, senior year COVID, so I couldn't do any official visits or like overnight stays or even those um, important like junior year recruiting events. So it was really all just about my communication with the coaching staff and how open and flexible they were throughout that process. I just really felt like this would be a very supportive community to be at. And how did field hockey become like kind of your sport growing up? Yeah, um, I've played hockey all my life. So then going to high school, it was just 
similar movements and uh, worked out playing the two. It helped me having like both sports. Do you play club ice hockey here? I do. Okay, how's that experience? It's very fun. It's very different from high school because it's it's just fun. It's different from like the varsity sports, so it's nice. <laughs> right, exactly. Okay, so great start to the year, obviously, for the Bobcats. I mean, take us through that win at Bowdoin the other day. Obviously, the team hadn't won at Bowdoin since 1982, so what did that mean to you and the program, especially getting two goals? Yeah, it was super exciting. We went in kind of on a high off of last year, winning at home, and just knew that we wanted to do it there this year. Um, we just went in with a lot of energy and kept it the whole game, so that was great. Take us through the two goals you scored. Yeah, the first goal was pretty early on. It was just from a great play, all started by Anna Cody. She took the ball fast and had great vision just to get the ball in front of the net, and I think that I was just in the right place at the right time. And the second one, I know Paige set that one up, right? Yeah, also just another great timing, connection, goal. Paige had a great interception in the midfield and carried it down and really drew her defender in. And uh, I think, again, I was just in the right place where she could see me perfectly and gave that great pass, and we got a good touch off and got a goal. I mean, this team is in a great situation because you have basically everyone back from last year. Grace Biddle graduated, everyone else back on the team so what's the what's it like kind of running it back as a group having done this before yeah I think it's so rare that we have almost a full lineup of all returners all like senior players it's just so much talent out there it's so fun everybody knows each other so well that it's just easy to play with like you know everybody's habits you know where they're going to be so it just makes our game that much more elevated to have those like special connections on the field what are your thoughts about the the gauntlet you have coming up here? You have a bunch of road games against a bunch of r- really tough opponents, right? <laughs> yes, we do. We have um, Babson coming up on Wednesday, yeah. and then all of our NESCAT games are just so competitive. But it just makes the season that much more fun. Like, every game is a fight. Every game is a battle. So we're, we're prepared. Excellent. And then um, I guess, you know, you mentioned, you know, field hockey growing up. Uh, you, you played ice hockey also. Um, so when you – what were the adjustments when you started field hockey, though, in high school from ice hockey? Yeah, well, ice hockey is a little bit more physical, so yeah. <laughs> that, that was always my struggle. Like, um, I was a kid, I was going out, like, lifting people's sticks in field hockey, and they'll go, yeah, you, you can't do that, Maria. <laughs> so um, just those and those minor things, that are, and, you know, obviously only using one side of the stick was a little confusing at first, but. What kind of training do field hockey players do? Because I feel like the way you play, I feel like you'd be killer on your back. I don't know. How do you handle that? Yeah, honestly, um, it's a lot of running, but running in field hockey is obviously different. So it's just playing as much as you can and, like, getting your body used to that position you're going to be in. Well, a lot of legs, a lot of quads. (laughs) (laughs) Right, excellent. And then um, tell me a little bit about, um, you know, kind of what the team's focus is this year because you're so experienced. Like, what have you been talking about what's going to take to, you know, break through and, you know, maybe hopefully host an NESCAC tournament game, right? Yeah, um, I think we're really focused on – doing what we do best and going into every game um, not as much focused on the other opponent but focused on us because we know that we connect well we pass well um, and we play as a team like we don't play as individual players so just yeah focusing on us and not really our opponents and um, what's it like playing at Campus Avenue Field? Because, I, I mean, hopefully we'll, we'll get some more home games later in the year. <laughs> but uh, tell me a little bit about, you know, the experience of playing in front of that crowd and also the turf, which is um, which was installed a few years back, but it's, like, pretty great turf, isn't it? Yeah, we have an amazing turf, which is so fun to play on every single day. We're so lucky for that. 
play on campus app is just so great. I cannot wait for our home NESCAC games. We have a lot of New England players, so we also just have such a great parent base that mm. comes to all our home games, which is always really fun and supportive, too. Excellent. Well, I guess any other thoughts you wanted to share about this past week? I mean, obviously, it went as good as it possibly could, right? It really did. It was such a great week, and I think that we're just only going to go up from here. Awesome. Maria Femia, our female Bobcat of the Week, and also the NESCAC Field Hockey Player of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you. Femia and the field hockey team weren't the only Bobcats picking up big wins this week. In women's cross country, first year Leah White won the women's CBB Wave Race at Pineland Farms last Tuesday. She raced to the finish in 18 minutes, 24 seconds, first out of 34 competitors. I'm from Ann Arbor, so it's a big college town. So there's kind of this, like, sometimes I feel like it's, like, unsaid that a lot of there's like a feeling that a lot of people want to go to U of M or it's like kind of expected. And it's like, I love Ann Arbor. It's like a wonderful college town, but I knew I wanted to be out of Ann Arbor. And it wasn't until a little bit later in the college process that I decided that I really wanted to be out of Michigan. So I did look at some schools in Michigan and then most of the ones that I ended up applying to were East Coast and then just out of Michigan in general. And then for Bates, I found out about Bates through a family friend. Um, so then even before I reached out to the coaches here or anything, I really talked to this person about their experience, which... It's, it's been funny being here because they went to Bates a while ago. So it's like, honestly, I just have had a different experience. But talking through them and just hearing about the positive impact that Bates had on them was something that really helped me choose. Do they also run cross country here? No, they play baseball, actually. Oh, baseball player. Okay. And then tell me a little bit about cross country running and how... You started doing that growing up, and what made you want to continue it here in school? Yeah, so I actually only started cross-country my junior year of high school. I've been doing track, and I started out as a sprinter in fifth grade, and I've been doing that ever since. And honestly, when I started high school, my mom was kind of pushing me to do cross-country, and... And freshman and sophomore year, I I just didn't do it. And I, I didn't really even know that much about what cross-country was, actually. So I didn't really have a reason to be saying no right away. Like, that was pretty silly. But then I met with the coach, and I decided that I was going to start doing more mid-distance. So I did some practicing with mid-distance and then that following summer, the summer before junior year, I did, I was on a trip and then I had one week of summer training with the team and then I went to cross-country camp with them. So it was like a really fun time and I got to really know all the people on my high school team well then. So that was when I started cross-country and What really kept me going, honestly, was the coach. I had an amazing coach. He had, like, a super 
public foster a super great dynamic in the team and like I can still see like I still talk to people from the team and like that's still really going on and then also I just found a lot of success in running so my first year in cross country junior year I started my first 5k was around 26 minutes and I took and I took a little walking break in the woods and then a couple of meets later I cut down three second or three minutes from that and that was just like so exciting but like I didn't really know what I could accomplish because I'd only been doing sprinting so then I finished off that season I just I just broke 21 and then my senior year broke 20 and then towards the end of the season I broke 19 which was a super exciting milestone for me Awesome. And then coming to Bates, I mean, obviously college cross-country running versus what you experienced in high school. What's been similarities, differences so far? I imagine there's probably more mileage being put in now. There's definitely more mileage. I honestly think that all of the weeks that I've ran here are more mileage than, like, any of the other weeks that I've done. But it hasn't felt um, very difficult to hit that mileage just with we'll do, like, a long run. And then with our workouts, two workouts a week, that's honestly most of our mileage. So the easy days, you can just take them really easy, which helps with balancing out the high mileage. But the mileage is definitely one of the biggest differences, I'd say. Just, I was only doing maybe 20 to 30 miles, and now I'm doing closer to 40 each week. So your first collegiate race, you win it. So take us through the race, and what was it like crossing the line first? So, it, oh my gosh, it was, so, it was so exciting, but I was not thinking. I, my intention going into the race was that I would be, I wanted to be the first freshman across the line from Bates. And... I was planning, one thing I really like doing in running is pack running, so I had talked with Coach Feldman, and he told, my entire workout group was racing, which was wonderful, and we were going to start in the back three quarters about of the race until we got to mile one, and then we could start working our way up, and I started the race, and... It was a little bit it was a little bit pushy shovey honestly those <laughs> physical start to the race and then I think we we didn't start in the back three quarters I'd say we were probably in the top third of the race for most of it and the race went out a lot slower than I was expecting um coach had told us that the Colby and Bowden girls take the races out really fast and it could have been because the race kind of started on a slight uphill but it it I think it definitely helped my race to have the first 
part of it be a lot slower than I would have taken it out. I was able to reserve some energy. And then at about a little over halfway through the race, there was one teammate who was ahead of me and I was pretty close to her and she was leading the race. And then I, I went up next to her and we led the race for a little bit. And in hindsight, I don't think, I don't think that was particularly necessary. I don't think that you ever really need to lead a race. You can just kind of stay reserved in the front and the back if you're, if you're going for that and then you can overtake. So then a little less than a mile left, I dropped to the back of the front pack and there was a handful of Bowden and Colby girls in front and it wasn't until there was maybe 800 meters left that it was just three of us in the front, me and then two girls from Bowden. And the last part of the course that we're running, it's, I'd say it's maybe 90% hills. It's like a series of three hills and then a little bit of flat. And on the third hill is when I thought that I was gonna get got. Like I was, I was not thinking that I had any more in me. And then I turned the corner and I saw the finish line and I was a little bit behind this girl from Bowdoin and she was, we were both going pretty fast for the kick and I was, my thought was that if I had, if I kept going at the pace that I was, we would finish in the exact spots that we were. I'd finish like half a second behind her. So in the, in the beginning, I was saying that I started doing mostly sprints and tracks. So I, so I tried to, to dial into Leah White's sprinter version. And I got about, about 100 meters of going really, really hard. And I think that I genuinely finished that race on zero. And it was, it was wonderful. Just I love that everyone like really supports each other in running. I finished and then the girl from Bowdoin finished behind me. And the first thing she said to me was like, I'm so impressed by like you, like you really turned it up at the end there. And that was really exciting. And then I'm a pretty emotional person. So then I started, I started sobbing and I called, I called my mom and my dad and both of their phones were on do not disturb. But then I, st I still wanted to get the, the effect of me being super excited. So then I called my grandma and she, she picked up and it was a really beautiful, exciting moment. Yeah. Awesome. What did like your coaches and teammates say to you afterwards? So after, afterwards the guys race was about to warm up mm. and I think I was, I was getting a lot of high fives and then my one teammate, Sam from the men's team, he was saying that when they were watching us come around the final stretch, there's, it's kind of like 
the course is all in trees, so you kind of have to, especially with all the leaves out, you gotta look around to see people. And one of the upperclassmen guys was like, Sam, Sam, what do you see? And Sam said, a whole lot of red. And I thought that was super funny, but it was, it was super exciting. A lot of people's initial reactions were, they asked me if I got hurt because I was because I was still crying. Oh. But then, then I was I was telling them no, I'm just super happy, and I think, I especially from the women's team, I got a lot of hugs and congratulations, and it just felt really wonderful. Had you ever won a indi- uh, race as an individual before in cross country? My junior year when I was on JV there was a JV race I won and that was that was very exciting but I think I think this this one probably takes the cake excellent and then you have Bates Invitational this weekend will you be running in that I will I'm very excited for because this meet's super big so I'm excited for a big meet and I think with the big meets there's a lot of energy and I can use that to fuel my running. So I'm really looking forward to that race. Excellent. Well, Leah, thank you so much for joining us on the Bobcast. Congrats again on winning the CBB race there. Thank you. The women's tennis team hosted the Wallach Invitational over the weekend and had a number of impressive results. Senior captain Allie Freeman advanced to the championship final of the singles bracket, and she and first-year Iris Westmoreland combined to win the doubles flight, defeating the top-ranked team from Colby in the final. The team of Allie and Iris joined the Bobcast to look back on their victory. Iris, tell me a little bit about your background. Uh, how did you first decide you wanted to come to Bates for college, and what got you into tennis maybe growing up? So I'm from New Orleans, Louisiana. I first heard about Bates because I went to a recruitment camp in New Jersey, and I met our coach, and we instantly connected, and I visited the school, and I loved the community. I met the team, and I really bonded with everyone, and I immediately loved it. And I started playing tennis. Um, I was about 9 or 10, and it was just first just starting as exercise after school, but I fell in love with it and kept playing, so. Excellent. And then, um, you know, for your first tournament, uh, what's it like teaming up with a senior captain here in Allie? It was actually such an honor. I was so excited when I heard I was playing with Allie. She's such a good captain, and we played really well together, so I'm really excited for the upcoming season. Yeah, Allie, obviously winning the doubles flight there at Wallach. I mean, what's it, what's it like working with Iris? And uh, you obviously last year you played a lot with, with Joanna, who's now graduated. So what's it like having a new doubles partner? And obviously it went really well. Yeah, I mean, it went super great. Honestly, the team atmosphere this year is awesome overall. Um, I definitely miss our past years, as always, but it was super exciting to get some new talent, and playing with Iris was so much fun. And, yeah, I'm I'm just really excited. Everyone came in. We had a couple days of practice right before the tournament because we start off um, the first weekend, and everyone came in ready, and they definitely worked really hard this summer, and it's looking like it will be a really good season. I believe you both got to play a little bit outdoors, a little bit indoors also, right? So, Iris, uh, indoors at Merrill, how'd that go? Because I know that can be a little tricky. Sometimes you're not necessarily used to the courts. Oh, yeah, it was definitely different than playing outdoors, but we had one practice indoors before our match, so that was definitely helpful. It was really fast-paced, but I ended up liking it. Excellent. And then, Allie, how do you adjust when you go indo- outdoors to indoors or vice versa? Um, 
it you know it takes a little bit of time <laughs> i really like playing indoors especially for doubles though because it is such a fast game so your part you can really move off your partner's serves and when they hit a big ball you can just really follow it at the net so it is really helpful and I like that the other teams don't like it as much. So we definitely have that going for us. Certainly. And then, Iris, what was the championship match like there in doubles against the team from Colby? Um, I was really nervous. It was against two really good competitors, but Allie's high energy kept me excited, and we played really well together, so I was really happy with it. Any points, any ma- moments really stand out to you, Allie, from the from the weekend? Um, I mean, it was, it was honestly just a really good weekend in uh, – I just previously finished the singles final, right, like an hour yeah. before. So I was a little tired going into it, but Iris kept me pumped, and we just immediately went out there and had a good time. And I think, like, the first tournament back, everyone's a little nervous, a little jittery trying to get back. But um, that last match of doubles, we definitely um, worked together and pulled through, and I think we definitely played the best we played all tournament. So that was super exciting. Excellent. Yeah, you uh, you touched on that. You were also in the singles final. So how'd that go term go from your perspective, that flight, if you will? Um, it, w- it was good. It was really good. Um, we moved outdoors, indoors, outdoors, right. indoors a few times, um, which is always an adjustment. But I thought it was a really good, promising first tournament back. So I'm super excited for ITAs coming up and just where the season's going to go. I think it's going to be really good. Yeah, Iris, I mean, you know, ITAs um, in, what, a couple weeks? So, yeah. I mean, how excited are you for this opportunity? I'm so excited. I'm just excited to travel with the team and get to know everyone better. And it's just such a promising season. Everyone came back ready to go, and we've had some really good practices. So I'm really looking forward to what's to come. And so, Ali, senior year, what are your thoughts kind of on some goals maybe you might have in your mind? I mean, I'm just – I'm so excited. I College tennis has always been my uh, – what I've been working towards since I was, like – nine years old, um, and I really think this is going to be a good season. I'm excited by the energy the team has. Everyone's working so hard. Um, Everyone is already really close. We're a tight-knit group, which is really, really cool. My freshman year, because of COVID, everything was – it was just harder for everyone to know each other, and, like, with the season, things got canceled and stuff like that. But finally, I think, like, Things are feeling really good, so I'm I'm super excited, and I think it's going to be a great season. Yeah, and as a first year artist on the other end of the spectrum, what are some thoughts you have on the upcoming year? Um, I'm really excited. Me and the other freshman girls were already a close knit group, and we're all ready to work hard together. And we're the practices just have been going great. Everyone's been working really hard, and I think it's going to be an awesome season. As a captain on this team, what do you kind of say to the younger players about what to expect? You know, come NESCAC time in the spring. I mean, the the biggest thing that I've been preaching to the girls is the importance of consistency. And, like, we're all good players. We all just have to trust ourselves and be confident in our ability to stay in the point because we're working hard behind the scenes, on and off the court. And whether it's lifting or running Mount David or everything we're doing is making us more prepared than anyone else. And I think we just have to trust our ability to stay in the point and not go for the winner because it's the easiest shot. We just have to be confident in our ability to be strong and tough. And I think that's the most important thing. But I think we got it. Great. And then Iris, I guess any other thoughts you wanted to share about the weekend we haven't got to talk about yet? Any any other observations you had? I mean, I thought it was so fun watching Allie her last day. She had so many matches and then <laughs> came to our doubles match and still had such high energy. So I hope I can live up to that when I'm a senior. Excellent. What about you, Allie? Any your final thoughts you want to share about the Wallach Invitational? 
I'm just honestly really excited. I think the energy is so high, and I just I can't wait for the upcoming season. All right, our doubles champions there at Wallach, Allie Friedman and Iris Westmoreland, thanks so much for joining us on the Bobcats. <laughs> thanks Thank for having you. us. In men's cross country, first-year Callahan Porter led the way for the Bobcats at the CVB Wave Races. He finished seventh out of 50 runners as the Bobcats finished second as a team. And Callahan Porter is our male Bobcat of the Week. Male Bobcat of the Week, Callahan Porter with us here on the Bobcast talking some men's cross country. And Callahan, first of all, your first collegiate race, I mean, was a week ago, and you were the top finisher among all the Bobcats. What were you excited coming into? What was kind of your feelings going into the race there at Pineland Farms? I was very excited to race again and with my new teammates. I thought it went very well, and we stuck to Coach's plan, worked together well, and ended up finishing pretty good. And then, you know, coming up from New Jersey, what made Bates kind of the place for you for college? After looking into Bates, I really just fell in love with the atmosphere, kids on the team, and just vibe of the college, and that's really what made me fall in love with it. Initially, you weren't too enthusiastic about coming up to Maine. It seems like a long ways away a little bit. Yeah, originally my mom told me about it, and when she first told me about it, I was like, there's no way I'm going up to Maine. Like, what's even up there? And then after I just did research and came on a visit is really when I realized, you know, it's just the, the whole atmosphere of the school that made it so special. And then you got your first taste of Pineland Farms in a race condition a week ago. Now you're racing again this Saturday, right, um, for the Bates Invitational. What did you kind of learn about Pineland Farms? I know you've trained there a little bit, but in an actual race that you'll apply maybe this time around. Yeah, the main takeaway about racing at Pineland is you really just got to conserve it the first half or first few miles or so because if you go out too fast like what some kids did on Tuesday is you'll really feel the, hi- the hills uh, at the end of the race and – so the key is just going out more conservative and then uh, picking it up as the race goes on. And then tell me a little bit about your head coach, Danny Feldman. What's he like? I really lo- like all the coaches. I like Coach Feldman. He uh, really cares for everyone on the team, not just the top guys. And so far, it's been working out for all- everyone on the team. And obviously, you're coming into a program that's had a lot of success um, you know, throughout its history. What's that like, you know, knowing that you know, this team has competed in you know, NCAA championships the last few years and throughout history as well? Yeah, it's definitely... Uh, really good that the team has been so successful in the past and it really just makes the young guys want to reach what people have done in the past and the seniors on the team now and just you know keep the tradition and keep Bates a uh, really competitive team. So going back further like when you were growing up what made you want to get into cross-country running in the first place? In middle school my sister ran cross-country so in sixth grade I decided to join the team and I didn't really fall in love with running until high school when I started doing it all year round and yeah that's really just when it started for me. Were there any other sports you're into or basically just cross country? In middle school and a little bit of high school I played lacrosse and basketball but then I started running track as well in high school. Gotcha and what track events I mean I know here at Bates you're probably in season all three all three uh, terms so uh, tell me a little bit about what track events you'll be looking forward to in the winter and spring. Yeah, I'm really excited for track. Uh, I usually run the 800 mile and the 3200. Those are my main events, and yeah, I'm excited for that as well. So the 6K this past week, the mileage goes up a little bit. So tell me a little about the mileage going up. I mean, obviously you guys train for this. You guys run a lot of miles. Yeah, so it's definitely going to be a jump, uh, especially for all the first years, because even a 6K was more than what we all did in high school. Mm -hmm. So. It's definitely going to take a little bit to adjust, but I think we'll all be ready. What's your class like? I mean, class of 2027 coming here to Bates, what's this group like so far? So far, we're 
the team chemistry is really good. Everyone's friends with each other. All the fr- all the first years really want to improve and really want to be uh, be com- competitive runners. And I think we're all we train together every day, so I think we're all doing pretty good right now. And um, was it fun racing with Colby and Bowden? I know you're from New Jersey, not necessarily from the area, but what's it like having those schools as kind of rivals and stuff? Yeah, it's fun having rivals. It's always good to have other people that push you through the race. And yeah, it was definitely fun. And I'm glad. Hopefully, in the future, we'll be able to be that up there with Bowden. And I think we will be. And yeah, it was really fun racing against them. Excellent. And then um, it's fairly new here at Bates, but the men's and women's teams are somewhat combined now, basically. I mean, under the same head coach, essentially. So what's that like, having the same head coach for the men's team and the women's team? I like being combined with uh, the women's team as well. It's fun having just one big team, you know. um, It just kind of just builds that relationship as well instead of being a little more divided. And, yeah, it's fun making friends from that team as well. Great. Well, any other thoughts you wanted to share on the season so far and some goals you might have as a first year here going forward? Goals, I would say, I don't really have any time goals in mind, but it would be really cool if I could make that Nationals team, you know. Um, I know the team has pretty good, uh, big goals going forward, and, you know, we're really just going to try to be the best team we can be. Great. Well, looking forward to the Bates Invitational this weekend. Callahan Porter, I'm your Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. The volleyball team hosted the inaugural First Serve Classic over the weekend at Alumni Gym where they welcomed Maine Maritime Academy, Western Connecticut State, and Clark University to town. The Bobcats used the tournament to begin their push to raise money for the victims of the wildfires in Maui. Bates was able to raise more than $1,500 over the weekend, and the Bobcats will be continuing their efforts throughout the year. Sophomore Amy Evans was named the all-tournament team, and she is one of three Bates volleyball players from Hawaii. Well, Amy, let's just talk about, you know, growing up um, in Hawaii, playing volleyball. What led you out to Maine for college and to play for Bates? Yeah, it was actually a funny story. Um, So Emily, which is the uh, head coach for volleyball, she was coaching at a different school on the West Coast in Oregon. She's coaching at Lewis and Clark, and I was kind of in contact with her there. And then she moved to Bates, and she kind of texted me like, hey, like, are you interested in an East Coast school I've never heard of? Um, I've never even looked into East Coast schools up until that point. And then it just kind of happened. I just visited and committed the exact same month. So, yeah, it was all one thing. Great. What first got you into the sport kind of growing up? Um, I would say definitely my mom. She had played, not seriously, but she had played. And volleyball, just in general, is a big sport in Hawaii. since we don't have like an actual professional team, the UH college is kind of our pro team for football and volleyball. Um, so yeah, just a big culture. And then this past weekend, we hosted the first serve classic here at Alumni Gym. Um, part of it was raising money for obviously the, the victims of the fire in Hawaii. And so there's a number of Hawaiians on the team. So what does this fundraising effort kind of mean to you? Yeah, I would say... Hawaii itself, even though um, we were fundraising for Maui, Hawaii itself is just very connected. And so um, there were wildfires in Maui um, that happened, and people lost a lot of homes, and the government is trying to make up for it. But um, So the fundraising is basically we're just trying to raise a little bit of money um, just to donate to um, families, maybe um, just construction or buildings, um, the government, things like that. And so, yeah, one of our teammates, Logan Yogi, she's a first year, and she made the shirts, um, and she kind of designed them. And then, so there's, like, special meanings. On the back, it says Kako Maui, which means support Maui. And then the pink flowers on the back kind of represent 
pink, which is like the color for Maui, and then the flowers are rosettes, which is like the official flower for Maui. Great, and you touched on that, that you have multiple teammates who are also from Hawaii. So what's that dynamic kind of like? Yeah, so I have Logan Yogi and then Elia Sada, which is Libero. She's also a second year. Um, I definitely love having other people on the team that are from home. It's very much like family, um, and I feel like that kind of shows like on the court as well um, and kind of translates to like the rest of the team too. So it's really nice having people from home. If you don't mind me asking, did you have anyone personally connected with the fires that were, you know, had, uh, went through that? Yeah, me personally, I do not have like any family members, things like that. Um, but I do have a friend here at Bates. Her name is Kyra, um, and she's actually from Maui, and she's in the same grade as me. Um, so yeah, it's just really sad to hear um, about the families that lost their homes. In terms of raising money, this is a season-long effort, right? So tell people how they can support. Yeah, so I think on the Instagram, there should be links to donate. There's also ways to just look up online. There's, like, GoFundMes. Um, there's just Venmo links or just, like, spreadsheets to families that you can, like, personally donate to. And then I'm just kind of noticing the thing in the back right there. <laughs> but we do have a QR code, right, in the alumni gym. Um, so before our games, you can, like, scan um, and just donate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the easiest way. You come out and out to support the Bates yeah. volleyball team. And, yeah, as you mentioned, we're in the lobby of my gym, and there's a board with the QR code right there. So, mm-hmm. And speaking of that, you're home again, I believe, this Friday against Bowdoin. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, your second year here, but have you felt the sense of the Bates-Bowdoin rivalry yet? I have strong emotions, especially towards Bowdoin, because we played them um, one conference game and one non-conference game last year, mm-hmm. and so we got to play them twice. Yeah. And I, that's the team I definitely want to be. Like, I'm, I'm pretty set, and I'm pretty excited to play them this week. I feel like after the game against Clark, the team was pretty encouraged by that performance. I mean, you all really battled them very tough. What was some areas of improvement you saw, perhaps? Yeah, I definitely think communication. Um, I believe that everybody on the team has, like, the skills to perform and win. And I guess just creating the right sense of, like, team chemistry and, like, trust and like communication just between the team um and just being more disciplined I feel like that made a big difference between like the two other games that we played um in the tournament I feel like volleyball really is like a lot of communication is like so crucial isn't it yeah I I will say that and also like confidence I feel like our team does um struggle with just like keeping that like mental strength and mental resilience and that's something that we've been continually working on and there's definitely been improvement from like last year as well as just like the few first couple games that we played. I know one of your newest teammates is Mackenzie Barker from Team Impact. What's it like been having her around? Yeah, I would say she's definitely a ball of energy, <laughs> especially on the court and on the sidelines. She's just always cheering us on. Um, she can be very honest sometimes. <laughs> she's like, oh, like, you guys are losing. Like, when, <laughs> like when's it going to be over? But then... I don't know. She kind of just brings like a positive vibe to the team, especially when like we're stuck in a rut, things like that. So she just kind of, yeah, it brings the team together. Great. Well, any other thoughts on, you know, your time so far with the team and what some of your goals are maybe you have going forward here perhaps? Yeah, I would definitely say to play more consistently as well as just perform more consistently with the team. And, yeah, just start strong and finish strong.
And don't forget, folks, if you want to donate to support Maui, uh, Baseball Instagram has the link there on, in their bio. And, of course, you can come out to a volleyball game. We're in the lobby right now of Alumni Gym. There's a QR code. Amy Evans, thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. Women's golf had a strong start to their season last weekend at the Polar Bear Shootout, placing third out of eight teams. Now the men's golf team gets their season underway this Saturday and Sunday at the Williams Invitational. New director of men's golf Sean Warren joins the show to introduce himself to Bates fans and give his thoughts on the team. Happy to be previewing the men's golf season on the Bobcast with new director of men's golf Sean Warren. And Sean, just uh, first question for you, kind of just introduce yourself to people. Um, you know, what about Bates appealed to you? Um, obviously, you've been a long time, uh, very successful golfer in New England. But what about this position kind of appealed to you to come to Bates? Um, I think first and foremost was just the opportunity to work with um, student athletes, guys who were at that, you know, kind of the peak of their athletic career when it's 18 to 23-year-old guys who, um, you know, and after speaking with Abby Spector, kind of knowing the the quality of people who were up there and um, just guys who want to get better. I've been um, in that instruction, coaching world for the last 10 years. And um, sometimes the, the clientele is a little bit older my uh, my passion really was uh, just developing younger players, getting guys to the next level, whether it's an amateur going on to play college or whether a college player going on to play professionally. So to kind of be able to put all my focus into um, that sort of athlete uh, really was uh, the selling point for me. And then with Abby Spector's um, experience up there for the last four years, she um, was adamant that this would be something that uh, she knew I would enjoy. Excellent. So tell us about growing up. Uh, when did you first get into the sport of golf? Um, grew up in Maine. So it was a six month a year um, kind of gig and uh, was very, uh, very much into it. Uh, dropped off the golf course at a young age from, you know, 7 a.m. until five at night. And just it never felt like uh, practice. It was just always, always a real passion of mine. So I think that uh, anytime you grow up in the Northeast and you play a sport that you're only able to play during months that it's warm and no snow, you kind of have to be into it in order to have success. And so it was always just, uh, just something that always drove me um, was just getting out there and playing. Excellent. And then um, obviously you play collegiately at Marshall, right? If I'm not mistaken, yep. tell me about your collegiate golf experience and maybe what you, um, you know, experienced there and what you want the guys on the men's golf team here at base to experience related to their collegiate, you know, golfing. Absolutely. So uh, when I was at Marshall, just a little bit of a different experience being a division one um, sport and um, just kind of seeing the ins and outs of, of uh, you know, how it was more so just developing guys, developing men into just being, you know, good people. That was the number one thing my coach always preached. And so when I came on, I kind of wanted to carry that over into this program and uh, stepping in, you know, without anybody that I've ever recruited or anyone I knew previous with the exception of Evan Glicos, mm-hmm. it was, uh, it's been an easy transition so far. I mean, these guys are, uh, not only, uh, very, very smart in the classroom, but they're all excellent golfers. And, um, I found, uh, that they're all very passionate about golf and, uh, they had a lot of success last year, finishing fourth in the NESCAC. They all want to carry that over this year. And so it's uh, it's been an easy transition for me meeting the guys. They're all welcoming. It's also been beneficial to have uh, five upperclassmen, five seniors on this year's team. And they've kind of been, you know, coaching me along as well as me coaching them, just putting me into where they want it to be. Yeah. So what's been the biggest adjustment maybe to, you know, running a collegiate golf program for you? Learning the nuances of 
how things are done in the on the back side of things. Things that coach always kind of kept private from the players. Yeah. Um, just a little bit of time of, you know, doing things like that where Abby and um, the whole athletic program has been so supportive. John Furbush, uh, the men's basketball coach, has been beyond helpful in any question that I have and kind of leading me in the right direction. So then on the golf course has been absolutely seamless. The guys are unbelievable. I mean, they're self-motivated. Anybody who's willing to take on the academic load that a, a college like Bates demands and you're willing to also try and play a, a sport, it's so impressive to see what these guys are able to do and how they're able to balance time and still put in any amount of time that they have available into the golf program, which is unbelievable considering I can imagine what the the workload is at a, a college like Bates. Yeah, certainly. And so uh, first tournament is this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. So how excited are you? Where are some things you're hoping to see? Yeah, uh, we're finishing up uh, this afternoon is our last uh, qualifier for the event. And I mean, these guys are a lot better than I thought. Uh, it's a very deep roster, a lot of uh, a lot of seniors, very, very competitive. I thought uh, it might be a little bit where the guys were able to distance themselves, the better players, but everybody's played so well. We've had to battle some conditions as far as the rain and not going on the last week or so, but it's a, it's a tight race to see who's going to qualify. And I think that, that just promotes that competitive aspect, not only in practice, but I, I would think that I'll carry over this weekend into the event. So looking forward to uh, not only finishing up today, but also just seeing the guys compete this weekend. And the refreshing thing is, as much as they are competing with each other to see who uh, to see who ends up qualifying for this event, they're so supportive. They work with each other. They talk to each other out there. You know, I think everybody's in to go from an individual sport like golf and then to have it transfer over into a uh, that team aspect of it. I think the guys do a great job of that where they're all supporting. They're all wanting to help each other. They're all, you know, rooting for each other, which is which is refreshing when it comes from, you know, that individual aspect and then trying to get it to transfer over into what we're our end, our end game is, you know, to get the team to play well this weekend. Great. Do you have any captains? Um, with it being my first year and just kind of getting to know the guys the last few weeks, I didn't think it was necessary for this fall. And I've kind of just expressed to all of them that I expect them all to be leaders. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't need anybody to really take the reins quite yet. I would, uh, I would expect that come the springtime, we would have more of a grasp on who's going to fulfill that role as our team captains but even when the the captain or captains are named i would still expect um everybody to kind of fulfill that role together so it'll be something that we'll discuss as a team going forward but currently i think we're uh, we're okay with just using you know the upperclassmen as just somebody to lean on when it comes to things that a captain would normally do gotcha and then any other thoughts you want to share on the upcoming season for the golf team we haven't got to talk about yet no, I mean, I, I think that um, I'm excited. Uh, and I in walking into a new program the way I am and to see these guys so vested in, in what they're doing and how they're going about their business. Uh, I have not experienced the other schools in the NESCAC, but I would be very surprised if uh, we, um, we went and played an event where our team um, had more drive or, or leadership. So it's just about at this point kind of, you know, fulfilling our um, our expectation as a team and 
I would uh, I would expect good things this year from the golf team. All right. Sean Warren, thank you so much for joining us on the Bobcast. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me, and uh, we'll talk soon. In other Bates Athletics news this week, the women's soccer team became the first team to play a regular season contest on the new Garcelon Field turf. The Bobcats fell to Emerson 2-1, but bounced back to beat Husson 6-0 Sunday on the road. The women are now 1-1-1 as they drew with Bowden last Tuesday in NESCAC action. The men's soccer team looks to get in the win column Tuesday night when the Bobcats visit the University of New England. Find the complete athletic schedule and all the latest news on GoBatesBobcats.com, and we'll catch you next time on the Bates Bobcast. Thank <laughs> you.